Hey, everybody, welcome to Eberron Renewed. It is an actual D&D podcast uh, where we play D&D, but today it's uh, what we're calling Eberron Reviewed, where we go back and talk about the arc that just finished. Uh, my name's Jeff. I play uh, Dex on the show, or Lyle, uh, as he is right now in his current form. Uh, I am Trevor, and I played slash play slash played uh, Draconis. Draconis. And I am the Dungeon Master, Eric. Okay, so for those of you uh, who have jumped in um, without listening to some of the earlier episodes, basically what we do is uh, we just finished a three-episode arc, and um, we're going to go back and kind of talk just a little bit about what happened, what Eric's mindset was when he was creating it. And then we're going to actually we're going to talk with Trevor a little bit about Draconos, I hope. If this is the first episode you're listening to, stop right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I would just say go back to episode one. There aren't that many of them yet, but uh, definitely don't listen. Go back and at least go back three episodes and start with the beginning of the finding the teacher. Yes. Seeking the teacher. Whatever. But yeah, so we're going to talk to Trevor a little bit about the full arc of his character now that uh, Draconos is at, at at best gone. Yeah, I like gone. <laughs> that's, a, that's a better word for, for me. The whole arc began, the first episode began with us in Sharn, and we just kind of said goodbye to the people we were on the train with, and then immediately went to the Church of the Silver Flame. Oh, no, eventually, after yeah. we let Trevor kind of stumble about as to what our first move should be. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I remember about that was, oh, yeah, because I was like, what do we do? And then finally someone suggested uh, maybe we should go where he would most likely be. And then we went. The main thing I remember of that moment was the taxi ride itself. Yeah. Well, well, I want to talk about you all getting to the chapel because for me as a dungeon master, that was really the first moment running a game for you all that I, I don't want to say I got frustrated, but like I was right on the verge of it because I felt like I was laying down every possible hint to talk to Rukin. Rukin would know. Ask Rukin. Because I talked about like crafts being involved with the government and knowing people that run in those circles and things like that. And so luckily you all decided to go to the chapel. But as I wrote the adventure out, I was like, they'll obviously talk to Rukin, <laughs> I think, or Orgev. Well, obviously I'm it's a gonna, bad word. <laughs> I'm going to place that solely on Philip because Beric would have been the one to talk yeah. to Rukin. I thought you were going to say, because he's not here right now. <laughs> and also because he could not defend himself. <laughs> Suck a butt, Philip. It was your fault. But yeah, that was just a, I mean, the chapel was a great idea. I hadn't planned on that, hadn't even really thought of that, but good on you all for thinking outside the bun. So, <laughs> so we, uh, <clears throat> yeah, now, and this is one of those things, this is where it's fun for me, having not as much as I have tried to educate myself on the grand themes of Eberron, the nuts and bolts of what a, what a day would look like in one of these uh, advanced cities. So like just hearing you talk about the cliffs that go down and the buildings that go, well, all buildings go up. That's not special. And these flying, like in my head, I was just picturing, you know, these, these, what do you call them? Sky carriage. Uh, yeah. Sky yeah. Coach. Like in my head, I'm just, I'm picturing, uh, Corbin Dallas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, like fifth element 
Yeah. Right? Or there's a there's an episode of Doctor Who Shocker, I think, called <laughs> called Gridlocked, where it's actually a traffic jam of flying cars and they're not moving. But so in my head, that's what I've got. So when you said, and he shoots straight up, I was like, that's not what they do. That's not how they work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've always envisioned them just in in my brain as almost looking like um, tugboats or rowboats that just fly through the sky. And so like you vomiting played in with my image because you're just in this kind of tiny little boat flying through the air and dropping oh. and ducking and weaving. And it's kind of terrifying um, because that's kind of the thing with Eberron is all the flying stuff is nautical vehicles that have just been magically enhanced to oh, yes, fly. So like that. airships just look like big ships that float through the air. And so... Oh, yeah. See, I pictured taxi. So then it was like, see if you hurl. I was like, oh, man, I got to throw up in a taxi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and did. Uh, yeah. So you loved that, didn't you, Eric? As soon as he was like, he's good on the ground. You're like, I'm going to make this guy yard. Yeah. I mean, I, I love those moments as a dungeon master because as a player, you tell me an interesting thing about your character that doesn't really relate to combat or anything like that mm. and if you fail that check it's embarrassing but it's not you fall out of the sky carriage and die right. so it's it's those fun little moments where i think it you get a lot of humor out of the game and hopefully it was funny for people listening because i enjoyed it and your vaguely new york accented cavi cost, <laughs> cost us money yep but so we go to the church and i loved the 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 priest the cleric though whatever that wouldn't shut up mm-hmm. made me laugh a lot. And it was funny because I was actually thinking about one day if I, if Dex gets to do a thing, playing, a, doing a monologue like that where people are trying to butt in and he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, and I'm just trying to, just trying to make my way, you know, good old Gil, just trying to. Uh, and so when you did that, I was like, that's funny. I wish I'd gotten to do it. <laughs> but um, so what would have, if, if we had, I mean, I think we had already gotten the information that he was down in the downstairs. Um, and so the cogs, right? Yeah. The underdark. And so, um, and so if, if, if he had been like, you know, normally you make an offering for a blessing and then we'd been like, well, okay, bye. <laughs> would there have been any mechanical thing that would you have been like, but you didn't get the blessing earlier. So roll with disadvantage. Would you have played that card? No. Um, it, it would have been more, the church would have been annoyed slash angered by your, your hair like that's the thing is that the silver flame is kind of all over the place and some of them take that kind of penance and and give us money for blessings thing is all it's it's a racket mm-hmm. not to say anything about organized religion but in this particular but setting it's a racket in this case it's basically um what's the it's indulgences yeah yeah um so i mean it it probably would have been a case of maybe an agent of the church comes down to the cogs to tell you to reconsider paying for the blood, like specifically Draconos, because you are a follower of the Silver Flame. Right. And just, you know, give it a little arm twist, and then if you all do what you typically do in such situations and kill that person, or at least <laughs> yeah. brutally beat them, that would have escalated things. Yeah, it's like, do we want to pay five gold <laughs> to get this guy to go away, or do we kill him right in the middle of the time? Yeah, you know, I didn't think about this, but we definitely went almost two whole episodes without combat at the beginning of this thing. Yeah. And now... I mean, and, and, and I think that that's part of, uh, at least for me and, and Dex, the way that the, 
the situation he's in has darkened him. Like I'm trying to play it as Dex at the beginning of this was, I mean, he was a con artist who had found his way into the police and that was awesome for him, but he didn't take things seriously. But then, uh, and I always say this, there is backstory stuff to support this. When he saw this kid disappear, it changed. And then he met this dipwad Rukinir Klarn and hated that. And now he's getting thrown up on. So it's like, you know what? I'm having a bad day and you guys are being dill weeds <laughs> and I'm going to hit you in the face with my staff. Well, and I think it works from a narrative standpoint, especially for your three characters and kind of the backstories that you all have being cops in this sleepy little town and like not a whole lot goes on. And so when you initially get swept up in this adventure, your first instinct may not be punch fight as I, we always go back to the goblins. Like, right. and so that, that escalation of, things getting more and more drastic and more time goes by that that lack of patience i guess for lack of a better term makes sense and maybe it'll come back to bite you in the butt maybe it won't well and also having been bolstered by the warforged on the train like yeah i i don't know i i don't think and again he's not here to speak for himself i don't think philip would think that barrick is like oh we're ass kickers mm-hmm. and i don't know Oh no, Drag, not at all. I mean, I think he definitely know he plays to his strength, and he knows what he can do. But his first instinct is never to try to, unless it's you know, never try to fight unless you must. Yeah. yeah. But then Dex was just like, I know we can handle this. And well, I think it's also you got that sweet weapon that you love using, and so it's like any opportunity to get that ribbon weave out. Well, hell yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason that I hounded you for the better part of two months yeah. to let me have this weapon. And 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 yeah, I mean it's a fun I'm I I think that now if I'm thinking from a making radio standpoint, if we're not in a situation where we can l- learn something from a local but also make some goofs, uh we'd better be getting in a fight because we have cool mechanics. I say mechanics so much. We have you know, cool things that we can do. This we- this weapon is rad. Barrick's spells are cool, so they're fun to listen to as well. And also, then I don't know what side it is of me, but getting to have that that one line and then roll for yeah. initiative to fight was just super fun. It was pleasing to me, Jeff, and yeah. also would have been pleasing, I think, to Dex in his new incarnation of just not taking any crud. Well, and presenting those street thugs to confront you to ask for protection money. I mean, that that was put in there to give you all the opportunity to get into a fight. Like, right. it wasn't like they... I was shocked. Like, oh, you're going to fight these guys making no. you pay money? Yeah, I knew what the plan was. We did skip over visiting Philip's relative. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. I try not to pay attention when other people talk. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what happened there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm totally, I, I mean, but honestly, I mean, narratively, uh, for a kid, for Philip's arc, there was the bit about, are you going to go visit? And I, 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 did I, I, did I misinterpret or was it really pretty explicit about going to go visit a grave? It was not yeah. go visit your, your granddad. It was go see. Yeah, Cause site, I, I remember I site. made a comment that I was just trying to like be in character. I I think I insulted Philip as a person about like, well, he ain't getting any debtor. 
oh, <laughs> about his grandpa. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And but the, the look Philip gave me was like, how dare you? No, that was a, a Barrick moment, I can assure you, because it's not his grandfather's grave. It's his mother's. Oh. So, yeah. It's a touchy subject. Way to go, Dewey. <laughs> well, I thought somebody said grandpa. Her grave is at his grandfather's house. Ew. Yeah. Anywho, well, uh, well <clears throat> my character will never know. <laughs> and we got uh, healing potions, and I got better armor, and then we went and did the stuff. Uh, yep. But yeah, and so I'm trying to remember. The first episode ends with us seeing Crass for the first time, right? Yeah. And you gave me the greatest gift. Oh, yeah? To play off of for the remainder of that arc. When, and I want you to talk a little bit about your being a dummy when you see him, but okay. saying that he was called Sparky, yeah. just, I was just like, oh, Eric, you just, <laughs> you just wrapped, you just wrapped a present up with a bright, shiny bow <laughs> for Jeff and Lyle to dunk on this fool for a little bit. But mm-hmm. you actually, at the end of that, when I saw your reaction going forward, the next, uh, two episodes, you were much kinder than I expected. You to be. <laughs> so no, well, things were happening I, Man, the second episode, and we'll get to it, made me put on my thinking cap enough that I was having a hard time thinking to be mean and funny. <laughs> or, and I, I want it. I want. I want the world to know I'm not mean to Trevor. I Lyle. Well, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I, I pull out a, like a, a piece of paper. <laughs> Jeff is never mean to. Tre- <laughs> I'm never meaner to Trevor than I am anybody else that I care about. Yeah. Uh, Lyle is very. Not particularly nice to drink. <laughs> That's fine. And so it might come off that way. I'm, I, 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 I like Trevor. I might miss him a little bit when he's gone. Oh, thanks, buddy. The, uh, <laughs> I might. <laughs> yeah, no guarantees. Um, well, and it makes sense just the way that your character is and mm-hmm. uh, much more logical and, and, and A to B. And then mine's like A to squirrel. So it's <laughs> yeah. not fully connected. Uh, I do want to say just... Uh, Briefly on the, I guess because I put myself in the in the mindset of Drax when we play, um, but I guess like when we were fighting the, the you street- just said Drax. Somebody's been watching the, guard, the oh, Guardian. Sorry, Drax. <laughs> uh, Draconis. Um, well, that kind of similar. Um, didn't realize that. But when we were fighting the street thugs, I always forget like how, like how strong we are. Yeah. Until we fight. And then we fight the next time. And I'm like, geez. Like, we almost straight up, like, in the street. Yeah. Because it's a well, short time. Like, we almost just murder dudes in, like, 30 seconds. Right. Well, and that was also our first battle after having leveled up. And the level up two-third is pretty significant. I mean, right. I went from the max that I could have done on a single attack if I didn't also get sneak attack was going to be eight points of damage. Mm-hmm. Immediately, it went up to 24. That was, right. I mean, so it things yeah. things change. Yeah, but yeah, I, well, because I I just remember thinking after we finished, we were like, maybe we should let one guy go or whatever we did. I was like, these fools have like, like they had no idea <laughs> <laughs> what we had. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> uh, you know, and, and so at the end of the episode when when oh, we right. meet Crest, uh, the. Thing, you said something that I don't know if I've laughed harder into the microphone, except for when Eric goes, uh, 
what are you doing here? Why have you found me? And just go, well, you answered your own question on that one. And <laughs> I cackled in this microphone. And I apologize to the listeners. I, we tried to do some some a hard limiter on it, and it still was pretty loud. Yeah. Second episode uh, starts in the same scene, talking to Crast. He explains to us that there have been... <laughs> there's been a murder of <laughs> Warforged, multiples of them. Uh, and he takes us to... Okay, explain a little bit. I, I think we did a reasonable job explaining about the Warforged uh, anatomy and how they battle and stuff after the last arc, but this yep. is a very different situation. Like, they, they weren't just monsters to fight yeah they were so characters and we i think we do okay during the course of the show talking about a little bit of their history and obviously their oppression Mm -hmm. um and god the property line just (laughs) we'll get to that turd but um so they were created by that house kenneth Mm-hmm. During the war, yes, like the they, their production did not begin until the war had started. About halfway through the war, it was okay. in it was a wartime innovation, right? Um, but they are sentient beings, yes. but they have been manufactured, yes. And therein lies the moral struggle for uh, a player: what side are you on with this? Do yeah. you side on the fact that they are? property and created beings the same way that a robot would be, or do you side with the fact that they are logical and reasoning and make their own decisions? And it's really interesting. And obviously um, <clears throat> just by nature of who the three of both by the nature of who the three of us are and by the nature of, uh, of our characters, we are all very staunchly on the side of they can think for themselves. Perhaps they should not be considered property. Well, and I mean the, it's it's an interesting scenario because the the Treaty of Thronehold, the treaty that ended the last war just two years prior to the game starting, so this is recent memory, mm-hmm. um, emancipated all Warforged and basically said that they are not property of any nation or anything like that. And so from a legal standpoint, <clears throat> they are sentient, self-possessed beings with... Free creatures. It, yes. Um, and so it's... It's just the, well, we, we covered kind of all the, the tenets of the oppression that they face of distrust because it's, it's kind of like th- they were weapons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even like for the Star Wars fans out there, like the clones, because those were people made to be soldiers. Like these guys were actually weapons that all of a sudden were just released on the street. And so there, there is some uneasiness there because these, these are creatures of war created for that sole purpose. And, 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 and one thing that we mentioned that I guess is important to say again, <clears throat> there is not a war forge that was not in the war. Yes. Because the treaty stopped their production. That's correct. So it's not like post-war war forge and they can't procreate. Yeah. So if you see one, it was, a, it was in battle. Yeah. It was a fighter. Um, and so it it kind of brings up that interesting question of, and granted we dealt with like the slums of Sharn and, and being down there. But if you were in like one of the upper tower areas where like middle-class families live and a war forge gets a job in your neighborhood that, that is literally a weapon. And that's the only context, you know, for them, like, would you be comfortable with them living in that neighborhood and, and being around your, your kids and your family and stuff? And, because they are literal weapons. And, and that's so, the that's the subtext through which we need to view things, but it is not something that necessarily would come up 
in there's not a lot of D where you worry about your kids and their neighbors well i mean <laughs> that that could be I, it could be incorporated into right, a game sure. fairly easily sure. that's not the context that we dealt with but it's just an interesting thing with warforged and and obviously we dealt with the fact that they they don't eat they don't sleep they don't get thirsty and so from a working standpoint they can just go 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 and for less yeah is the magic that they were built with um like, is it ever explained? Like, is it a specific type of magic or is it just like it is, magic that everyone who is. Those of you that have listened to Eberron reviewed episodes that know that that's something that Keith Baker introduced into a setting, but intentionally left unexplained so that dungeon masters can gotcha. so kind of do what up you want. Yeah. And preference. so I'm, I'm able to to define the magic that gives Warforge life. Gotcha. Okay. And so. um. Yeah, see, well, and with the whole um, seeing them as a weapon thing, I didn't even catch that because we were so, at least for us, it was such a focus on the property versus, um, you know, being your own yeah. being. Um, I didn't even think about, like, I just thought of more of that part. I didn't even think about the, well, the weapon. You were in a part of town where literally everybody is a, a potential threat. I mean, right. Uh, right. And so. Um, Especially us. Yeah. So, um so we go to the tavern or the inn or whatever and see the Warforged. And you said that it was significant that they were wearing different crests or that they were obviously from different nations and stuff. And this is kind of the the war is over uh, racial solidarity thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's the fact that while they literally have the the markings of the nation they were purchased by for the war mm-hmm. engraved into their breastplates and stuff, they the Warforged do not care for that kind of thing and just rally together. And it would be the reason I said it was remarkable is you would not walk into a tavern and right. see a, a Karnath soldier, a Thranish soldier and a Breelish soldier hanging right. out. The Car- Karnath is always going to make me almost laugh because it makes me think of Johnny Carson. Oh, because I'm an old person. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, we meet Spruce who's yep. the new ward of crast and he talks a little bit about what's been going on um and then introduces us to three other warforged that end up being uh two of the three of which really end up being pretty important um, yeah <clears throat> the one that i talked to <laughs> less so <laughs> twig um and so the three of us each pick a warforged to go to talk to and we do a really bad job <laughs> each of us just biff it just i mean we just are our big dumb dummy selves <laughs> shown through spectacularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I mean, it's almost worth not, it's almost not worth going over how bad and insignificant these conversations well, we can talk are. about the characters and your impressions of them. I, I, I we don't have to No, like, what I want to do that. They're your characters. I mean, they all, they all kind of sounded like Eric and no, um, <laughs> no. Yeah. So I, I remember a lot more about Sai the Number than I do about Twig. Twig was just a Twig kind was of, just the tall, lanky one. Well, Twig right? was the Twig was Twig was the witness to yeah, the he last, the last murder. murder, and he was just a wreck. He was almost—I mean, I couldn't get anything out of him. Right. Dex couldn't get anything out of him. So, like, literally everything that he told Dex ended up would not have mattered at all mm-hmm. uh, by the end. Like, was that a was I just not asking the right questions? There, there was. Um, there was a trigger in that conversation that basically if you did X, then the conversation shut down and it was mentioning the mutilation of which I leatherneck, yeah. uh, which you did 
very early on. Yeah. Um, but well, it was important that yeah. it happened. Um, but he, so you're saying the trigger was okay. If you approached him, it was going to shut down. No. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> um, well, because if you would have asked him other things that he spotted around the crime scene, he would have told you about the golden chain links that eventually oh. Draconos found out about and, yeah. and stuff like that. So th- there were some elements that you could have gotten out of him. It just played out the way it did. So it certainly did. Um, and then Philip, Barrick and Scythe had a lengthy conversation just about the plight of the Warforged uh, that was tricky. Uh, yeah. I think it's a very a fair thing to say. I think it was a, well, it was, I mean, it was good character work on both of your parts. And that's why it was uncomfortable for me a little bit uh, to listen to. Um, and then we meet Umber, who... Um, sweet, sweet Umber. Who's just broken. Like, right? I mean, just period. Just, yeah. And, just, he's, that's who I talked to, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, right speaks in enigma yeah. and almost in code. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a situation where his, his mind was, was broken um, because he witnessed the morning um, when Kyre got filled up with gray smoke and everybody around him died because Warforged are immune. To right. It, and so, okay. Well, that's interesting. Cause that, I mean, there would have not really been a way for us to have known that, right. That was just for you to know. Like, yeah. Cause he wouldn't have told us that yeah. and nobody else knew his backstory. So. Yeah. But that's why he was like, um, okay. Slogar knew, but, um, gotcha. Yeah. Was um, there a, just because, um, the way that Umber spoke and the words that you chose for him to say, um, very much outside of the realm of what we were expecting him to say when asked a question, what did you kind of base that character specifically on? Like the, the vocal pattern and, um, the, like how he spoke. Well, um, it, it was it was an intentional thing of well, and I, I drew some inspiration from something that Keith Baker had written, starring um, some Warforged and kind of a similar setup. But I I I tweaked a lot of it, and Umbra's character, it, I adapted it from that. But basically, the the goal was everything that came out of his mouth had to be able to be taken one way in the context that you wanted to see it of him speaking about the murders, Mm -hmm. but also to be truthful to him in referencing how, because the Warforged were made by humans, they were imperfect. And so when he talks about them tearing us apart, what he's saying from his standpoint is the fact that humans have tainted us, have made us a fractured race. But for you, obviously, it's this killer is tearing the Warforged literally apart. And so, yeah, you know, I went back and I listened, uh, obviously, a couple of times uh, so we can do this uh, to each episode. And also because I'm a narcissist. Um, <laughs> and um, even then, like listening to the things Umber said, I was like, what was Eric trying to get us to glean from this? We would have needed more inside information. Yeah, it, it was an intent. It's supposed to be a moment that you look back on and go. Okay, I. So the fact that I looked back on it and went, still nothing. Is it because I'm a big dummy? Or, or I did a bad job. Um, I bet. I, <laughs> I bet the listener will agree. It might be both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was kind of the the basis around that character was that kind of double speak, that double speak riddles of him saying one thing, but you taking it in the context that you wanted to take it in. Um, in that case, he wasn't even answering. He was proselytizing his viewpoint. Yeah, like. Uh, he did, he, he just, yeah. Um, 
he he is a wholly broken individual with one goal in mind, and that's the purification of the Warforged. And so, uh, so we do the, the interviews, and then basically have to go back to. Crass was gone by that point, right? It was just Spruce. Crass was in their table filing yeah. paperwork, but yeah, you went back and talked to, talk to, to Spruce, and he gave us the leads we needed. <laughs> go, <laughs> go! To, you have three. Cho- you, we, he gave us our choose your own adventure. There's three yeah. things we can do, and we chose to go to Slogar to the Kenneth, where the Warforged, where the body, the morgue. We went there under the auspices of it being the morgue, but I think secondarily, knowing that these were the Warforged experts, yeah, you know, um, and we get there and we get stonewalled, and I get. I do the most minor of change, <laughs> changelingy things. It got you in the door, though. I mean, it did. I gave myself a tattoo birthmark. Uh, I gave myself a lot of tattoos at one point <laughs> as, a, as a goof. Um, but okay, a birthmark, a dragon mark. But I gave it to myself, uh, and that was all I got to do. Uh, and and so we go and Slogart stonewalls us because of, I mean, essentially libertarianism. Like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I did. Not in the sense that it matched the American political ideology <laughs> of libertarianism, uh, but in the sense of this is ours to run the way we wish and does the property garbage. Uh, and there, I'm not going to help you because I don't, I don't agree with your stance that I owe you the yeah. benefit of help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically <clears throat> what it was. Um, I don't feel like we gleaned a lot from that first meeting. What did I miss? Or what have I thought? Because yeah, we had to come back a second time to. Well, no, the second time we came back was in episode three after we. No, I'm saying like that, like because we didn't really get much the first time. No, we went back the second time because he sent people to kill us. Oh, yeah. Have you listened? I'm saving <laughs> it for my road trip. <laughs> have a long, um, long drive. Well, and and there was some some info like because that was the thing is that throughout these three episodes there were moments where your your roles were comically bad and just all three of you would have just these moments of all of you rolling. Yeah. We did get bad investigation checks. And so, um, I mean, we, we didn't even notice he was wearing blue robes. Yeah. Um, that once again, pretty sure that's my fault. I didn't describe it. Um, but yeah, Slogard knew everything that was going on. Even the Umber was killing the other Warforged. Um, because he he knew what Umber was up to, trying to create a new Warforged, a pure Warforged, and wanted to see what would happen. He was intrigued. And so, if you all could have found yourselves in a situation to really press him up against a wall, he he would have given up the information to spare his life. But at the same time, assaulting a high-ranking member of House Caneth would have been a pretty bonkers thing to do. So... Yeah, um, but yeah, you all sadly didn't get much no. in that initial visit. <clears throat> but then we did the fun <laughs> thing, and we go to what's the Forge Tane's Foundry. Tane's Foundry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you remember this now? Oh, I totally remember this. I just didn't know when the episode it was. And uh, I don't remember how we got past the guards. I should remember that. What did we do? Uh we literally just stopped the episode to see how we got past the guards because we couldn't remember, but we thought it must have been kind of neat. Now it was a roll. We rolled the yeah. dice. That's why we didn't remember because it was boring dice. It was it was math. So we get past the guards. We go in. We hear a scuffle. Yep. We bust in, and we got to see. Got to see sounds terrible, but because of what we were able to do, a a man, right? He was a human. A dwarf. A dwarf beating on a war force who was being held by two other guards. And we just did cool things. Uh, 
the uh like i the reason i always remember about thaumaturgy is because i love the picture it paints and i if somebody has that ability i want them to use it at every opportunity and so i was like hey you want to be scary and you were like yeah (laughs) i gotta tell you for that one I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a natural 20. <laughs> yeah, and no Even kidding. though like it should be like a something combat related, but being able to to be this paint this sweet uh sweet character as much as as, as well as I can and then just this fiery demon speech uh mm-hmm. that comes out. Oh, I was so happy. <laughs> it was really good. Now, you know, and that's an interesting question I haven't thought about. <clears throat> if it's let's say a DC 15. Yeah. Do you treat a 20 differently than an 18 or a 19 because it's a 20? Do you give a little extra? Yeah. I mean, I, I operate on a grading scale where the, the more successful you are, the okay. cooler the thing you do is. So, okay. I'm not sure if that sentence made sense, but no, I think I, fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, ADR that we'll ring in James Earl Jones. Uh, okay. Well, good. I, I assumed as much, but I wanted to, I wanted to check. Um, so yeah. And it was awesome. And then I got to, I got to do a little shape shifting and, and we just, scared a guy and 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 uh it was fun that's really it like it was a lot more fun in the moment to read i'm not going to retell exactly what happened yeah although we kinda you all did. heard the episode yeah. i do remember I after that i was like i have to not say anything else that will make eric make me roll again until <laughs> we leave because oh, yeah. i just want this this just them to just be afraid yeah. and just call it good instead of at the end you go okay bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i was like if i try to go over there and like like I'm gonna try to pick him up, and you're like, uh, do a strength check, and then I fail. <laughs> Every bit of intimidation I had is gone. Yeah. So I was like, just stand here and look menacing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, that was the end of the episode, and that's where the episode ended. That's you all right. were head to Dragon Eyes. Yeah, sure we were. Uh, we didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. So. Anything that I'm missing? Anything that you wanted to point out that you that started? I mean, obviously, having a different perspective. The o- you are the only person, you know, involved in this who n- envisioned what might happen outside of what did. You are the the writer of Clue. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, it's just such an interesting episode to to both watch and manage as it unfolds because it it was kind of sandboxy in that you had your choose your own adventure three options, mm-hmm. but it wasn't quite like taking off too far off. It was a very contained um, experience. And so seeing, and I got a, a certain enjoyment, but also just unbearable guilt with every encounter you had with like going from, from the conversation that Barrick and Scythe had into playing Slogar and referring to these, these people as property and then going into Tane's foundry and, portraying Mulric as just a, a a racist as well. And so it was just like kind of draining by the end of the episode where when we took our, our short break before we recorded the third episode, I was just like, Ugh, it's got dark. <laughs> you so, heard it here first. Racism is draining on your energy. <laughs> Man, this was a darker arc. Yeah. I mean, the first one was lighthearted. The second one was actiony. This one was like heavy. Yeah. Uh, to the point that I got uncomfortable sometimes. I mean, I did. I, I got uncomfortable in the sense of it's unpleasant at any point to think about the parallels between our world and the world we're portraying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was. It was dark and it was uncomfortable. 
uh, it was hard for me being the person who's always thinking about trying to make a joke, normally not successfully, but giving it a shot. Yeah. There weren't a lot of places to do it. Uh, quit doing that to me. I'm sorry. Let me, let, <laughs> let me try to make a joke. Um, I will say with this arc though, this, this, uh, last little bit that we did, um, with it being darker, um, and you know, with the second one being more actiony, um, going back to the first arc where we did have, um, a tragic thing that happened and it kind of sprung us up as people. Jeff was talking about it earlier, how he went from being just like, Oh, this is a cool gig I have to, Oh, there's a child I need to worry about and I need to grow up a little bit. Um, I think this one, especially if, if, um, if Drac is not gone, if he is just, if he is just taken, um, I think this not made him let, I think he's still, the same person. I think he's sweet. I think he's still... Um, well, he's gone now. He's not anything. <laughs> he's not anything. Um, but I think he still has the same personality and the same hope for the world. But this is very much a losing your innocence arc. Yeah, I mean, I could see him becoming jaded and or cynical after yeah. investigating a serial killer yeah. situation. Yeah, okay. So so let's uh, move on to the third episode. We were going to go to drag... Um, but to fight the swords of anarchy, swords of liberty, I, I, I got it right. Like once during this whole arc, <laughs> um, but I'm not saying we were heading that way and that's when we saw we were being followed. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, it, uh, clearly in that case, it was not your intention for us to make it there. Well, no, I mean, it, it was, I guess if we'd killed those guys, we may have kept going. Yeah. Or, I mean, if your checks were, were bad, like, they were so many times over the course of this arc, they would have just kept following you. I mean, fair enough. Um, and it like, you also could have just taken that information, gone and dealt with Dragonize and come back. I mean, there, there were a number of ways you yeah. could have dealt with it. And what, I, I had Dragonize written. Out yeah. What would have happened in Dragonize? I just want to know, are you going to save it in case you need that no, sort of, no. <laughs> that sort of interaction down the road? I mean, I, I, I won't get into specifics because, um, moving forward, swords of Liberty, Oh, do they? Okay. Um, well, I mean, pulling back the curtain a bit, we've recorded the next arc by the time of mm-hmm. recording this. And so. Oh, yeah. Those were the Swords of Liberty. <laughs> I literally was like, oh, they do? Oh, wait. Yes. I remember now. Those were absolutely the Swords of Liberty. Um, and so you you all would have met some of the higher ranking leadership of the Swords of Liberty. And um, they they would have been very stand, standoffish. Oh, boy. That might have helped us in the new arc if we had met some of those guys. Um, well, and there's, once again, a number of ways you could have dealt with that of approaching pretending to be potential recruits or coming in just wearing your intentions on your sleeve, which is kind of what you all tend to do. Yeah. We come um, in pretty hot. And so, mm. yeah, I, I had it all written out and all the characters prepped and everything. So, um, you all just elected to double on back to, well, yeah, we are, a, we are a vengeful crew. <laughs> yeah. And that, I think I say that, that, uh, that, uh, Dex is a retributive, retributive, I don't know, retributive. Yeah. Vengeful. Let's go with that. He's vengeful. He's vengeful. <laughs> he he will not. He wants he wants the people who wronged him to get their comeuppance. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and we had that little exchange. Uh, uh, Philip and I said, "Well, shall we?" And he said, "I think we must." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah. So we 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 head back and be silly. It's Slogars again, and there's fire and water and flirting a little bit of flirting. <laughs> Yeah. 
I mean, you definitely were like, what's her name? I, I was... <laughs> what, yeah. Yes, what color hair does she have? Yeah. Well, that was important to Trevor. <laughs> God. Um, and then Draconos obviously found a, a clue that, I mean... That when, would have been a clue. Yeah. It, it would have played a bigger deal if things hadn't played out the way they did after you left the country. Now, if in the very first episode, if we had rolled... If, if one of us had thought, I want to look here too real quick and rolled a better perception, we would have seen those gold links, huh? Yep. And we would have seen the gold links of the thing. That wouldn't help us, though. We still wouldn't have seen them with, with Umber. Well, but when talking to Umber, I mean, I did intentionally point out and spend some time describing the bag of scrap metal yeah, that he enough. carries around with him. And so um, that, that was... Yeah. Once again, it, it wasn't... I was trying to be intentionally vague because it, as a dungeon master, I have a tendency to sometimes be too heavy handed with my foreshadowing and clues and stuff like that. So I was trying to dial that way back. Yeah, I, I, I may I, have gone too far. I will agree. I'd seen, I've, I have seen some things coming before, but this time, I mean, I'm not joking necessarily when I say that the three of us stumble our way to victory. Yeah. Like we've gotten two promotions now for failing to do the thing we were hired <laughs> to do. We did not save Jacob. We did not solve like we knew by the end of it, the same way that Batman knows the Joker's the bad guy when the Joker shows up during the parade with the balloons and the knockout gas. Yeah. We did not solve the thing. So I don't want to say it was because your clues were too vague. I think it was because we were we were chasing another trail yeah. that we wanted to go down, not the one we were being led. But hey, we look cool while so doing I, it. So. so I don't think that's fair to say. Yeah. But I'm going to say it because I don't want it to be my fault. <laughs> Get your shit together, Eric. Okay. Um, so yeah, you all left Slogars and saw a saw Umber and a shadowy figure. The way to Slogars is when we saw we saw Morik getting beaten up by Scythe, and we were all fine with it. Well, it was it was they were all shouting at each other. The fight had not broken out. Yet. We knew there was going to be. Uh, I and so I think also Dex was pretty dang sure that a fight was resultant. Well, and I I was honestly kind of surprised that you all didn't. I, I mean, I didn't think you were going to pick Mulrick's side, but I, I, w- I was just surprised that you all were so hands-off about it. I think it was everything was pretty fresh for the characters. Yeah. Uh, I think that if, if, if we had seen that stuff and been in town for a week and then had seen that happen, I think there's a very good chance that uh, probably Dex, probably Barrick, I'm I'm just along for the ride. Okay, this really um, what that I think I think may have tried to de-escalate. Yeah, but because it was like we literally twenty minutes ago watched you beating a guy. Like, yeah, tough. Nuts. Yeah, I did like watching from across our lovely table. Uh, just like you guys want to investigate this thing, and then like immediately Jeff and Philip made eye contact, like a slight nod, and like, nope, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was before you all returned to Slogars and then after you left. Right. After we left. Um, and this is one of those things like the way the three of us are playing together in character and getting each other's characters. Like, granted, you you failed the perception check to see the person behind Slogar. Right. But Philip and I both saw it and immediately both said we attacked. Yeah, like we're gonna do the we're not not just we attack. We're gonna do the thing that's within our power to stop his him from moving. Yeah, like and that was just really fun. Like he got it out before me, but I was trying to say it at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think I may have cussed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not too surprising. Yeah, and yeah. So um, 
obviously you had set it up so that we thought Slogar, we had reason to believe Slogar was a bad guy, mm-hmm. if not the serial killer. So when we pull them, the hood off and it's Slogar, like you knew where we were going next, right? Like we were going to start, you had a good feeling that we would, uh, we would turn our attention from Umber so you could set up the oh, final set piece. Absolutely. Like yeah. that was your, there was never a doubt in my mind that you all would give okay. two poops okay. about Umber. Okay. Slow down. Well, no, no, no. Slow, slow I'm, down, Brainiac. No, I'm not. Like, <laughs> just because, I mean, you presumably found the killer. Like that. you have played Umber as a pure and deluxe victim the whole time. Yeah. No, you, you, you were a little sneaky snake. Yeah. Um, it's why I don't want to play anymore. Okay. You, as a <laughs> um, no, yeah. So, so what? I mean, and I, I just like asking you this question. What if Philip and I were like, all right, Barrick and, and Lyle start interrogating, and if Trevor, because it would have been in his nature, he's like, well, Draconis goes over to Umber to make sure he's okay. He's going to sit with him. Well, he 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 did go to make sure he was okay and talk to him, but then mm-hmm. at some point, you you turned the, away to because. Because once again, right, he, he kept saying the same thing. You sentences. never get anything out of Umber, yeah, so there's so, no reason to keep talking. Oh, that's right. He kept talking. saying the thing about being pure. Right? Yeah, that so time, I turned right? away from him and went back to Well, see. and you even said, you're like, he just keeps saying the same thing. Yeah. Like you, like, you, there, there, you really laid it in there. Like, <laughs> it's really not worth your time to pay attention to. Yeah. And so. You don't want these diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was mostly a waiting game for nobody to be interacting with Umber, and then he was going to dip did. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember I. How it played out was I went first. Was it because I was checking on him or because I heard something? I think I had to do a roll. Um, you, you left because you had been checking on him, and then you looked back and realized he was gone and oh, went to go. Right, and I was under the assumption that maybe like it was a like the the real murderer was still out there, but like had gotten Umber, and so then I went yeah. and chaos ensued. And it was such a it was such a bummer hearing you describe it, especially hearing you describe the sad scene. Of the three that we had talked to having been, well, two had been murdered and one was dying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a, if, if I were listening to this podcast, I would have found that mildly sad. Being an agent that could have done something, listening to you describe that, just like really, like I don't have visceral sadness response. It's not a thing that happens to me. I was like kind of wrecked. Uh, well, that's not true. I do have that, but not from hearing fictional stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I was like, Oh God, this is the worst thing I've heard today. Like, this is the worst thing I'm going to hear this week. This is a bummer. And I had listened to the previous episode of Eberron reviewed. So I'd already heard some really bad stuff. Yeah. That, uh, like just some real bummers of like my own voice. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, and also knowing the helplessness of, Jeff knows this. I can't let on that Dex does, so I can't just run. Yeah. I, I had to keep talking to Slogar like mm-hmm. an idiot. At this <laughs> like the dramatic irony of me and Philip are stupid. And I mean, that's not dramatic irony. That's for, for me, that's just life. <laughs> Philip is very smart. Uh, but Dex and Dex and Barrick are just dummies because they're still talking to Slogar like it's going to matter. And I had to play it. Yeah. And it wasn't. Uh, it was so that that was the first time I've had that weird disconnect. The first time in a while, yeah, that I've had a very strong disconnect between what I really want to do and what I know I should do to stay true to playing the game properly. Yeah, and it was not fun for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was your reaction to the coming up? Because you were the one that came upon the scene, right? Because so. um, I remember I didn't even 
because I knew I didn't have time to react because because I saw it was it that I could, was one of the war, the living warforge yelled that it was Umber or I saw Umber do it. No, you you, you heard Twig, Twig moaning behind behind the bar and walked up to him and he told you that it was Umber. Right. And you were able to see a trail of the gold links. Right. In that moment, I knew. The only, I mean, the only thing that was on my mind was like, I got to get the killer, got to get the killer. Yeah. And so for me, like I didn't, get, not that I, I don't want to say I didn't get to have that, but I didn't have that moment that Dex and Jeff had coming upon the scene. Cause I, it was like, walk in, what happened? It's Umber sprint and try to yell for my yeah, friends. Because you are the only party that can act and do anything about it. Right. So. And I was just like, I'm going to sprint, not going to wait on them, hope they hear me and can come back. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily I rolled well enough. (laughs) God, God, if if we had both, if we had both beefed those rolls and like, we're just still sitting there like, no, Slogar, (laughs) tell us why you're killing the robots. And meanwhile, final battle is just me. Like, guys, (laughs) it would have ended the same way for you. Actually, that's not true. You wouldn't have lasted long. I was like, I would have just died. Um, (laughs) Is the thing. But yeah, so a battle for a while. Uh, I mean, you know, we're trying different tricks and stuff, and I'm, I'm, I am fighting cheap this time. And I listened to it again. I was like, why did I think that this was what I need? It was the smart move to stay alive, but it was not. It wasn't very Dex. Yeah, and it wasn't very. It just really wasn't very Dex. Like yeah, which and, aspect I, and I'm trying. I would run in, uh, do a hit. And run, and back, run back, run back away. Right, right. And I'm trying to remember why. I think it was. I try to remember why. I, in my head, I had a justification for why. So when you trying that. to like tear him apart, like you're trying to use the whip, ribbon weave to yeah, pull the, him. The goal was to to get through joints to get him onto the ground, right? Or get him hobbled. But that doesn't explain. Looking back on it, the only thing I can think is that I must have just been like, "He's so big, I need to run away every time." Which yeah, could very well be it. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, we're fighting. We're fighting. We're fighting. Uh, you do the creation forge. Yeah. Thing. Pulsing with light and then mm-hmm. darkness starts creeping in. Right. And I, again, I'm the only one that notices it. And <laughs> I, you know, it's funny that I have such great, uh, perception, um, modifiers, but I don't know <laughs> anything to do with like, you see a blue bird, 15,000 feet away. You don't know what that signifies. You don't know what kind of bird that is. You don't know if it's weird for it to be in that area. But yeah. you do see the bird. Like that's basically Dex's thing. Like I'm a telescope, mm-hmm. or or I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm sonar. Yeah, I can hear or see the whatever really well, but I can't interpret the data, and that's a bummer mm-hmm. because well, and I mean. There are certain aspects of this world that you would just innately know as the character, but a creation forge going berserk. Right. You, I knew that it was, I knew it looked off enough to say what's going on over there. Yeah. But literally that's all I can do. Like, mm-hmm. You guys want to check that out? Yeah. Uh, which, you know, whatever. It's fun. And it, 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 it creates another layer, another ripple of problem to solve, which mm-hmm. hooray. <laughs> um, when near, I don't know if it was near the end or near the middle, uh, but when I had gotten so used to having that special armor, the glowy armor, and the the good boost to my AC that it gave me, that in at that point in the fight where... It got ripped it off. It got ripped off, and it dropped me back down to, like, 
It dropped you nine points. Yeah. I think it dropped me to like 11 it or dropped you 12. 12. You went from 12. 21 to 12. 21 to 12. Yeah. And so I was like, nothing. Yeah. The train fight. <laughs> I'm unstoppable, you know, except for if you can really. You, you were about to say invincible. <laughs> Don't lie to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then I tried to fix it. Thanks, buddy. Um, going from that to being like. A guy could just like kick me right in the chest, and I'd fall down. Yeah. Um. But and we're battling this huge monster. I felt I felt naked. I just felt I was like, oh, take me now. I just gotta. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, the darkness comes back out, uh, and he. <sighs> Both times he's come out, you have made a point to say, and he looks at Dex, and blah blah blah. And the narcissist in me says, awesome, Dex is going to get a neat thing to do. The Everything else about me is like, oh, damn it, why me? What's going to happen <laughs> What's gonna happen to me now? Because this guy has proven that he ain't nothing to F with. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to do, except for not like it. When you, <laughs> He looks at Dex and he says, you've been busy. I'm like, man, why can't he look at Barrick? <laughs> why can't he look at Crass? Crass is old, he's lived a good life. So that's a bummer. Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm not moving to L.A., so you're gonna have to, like, <laughs> you're gonna have to sacrifice our friendship in order to get me off of this podcast. <laughs> so you're stuck with me. You can kill Dex all you want. I'll just I'll just roll up a halfling. I don't care. I don't give a I don't give a, a dang. Ooh. Anyway, so so yeah, and then okay, so this can be a good transition point too from jumping from talking about the episode to talking about your character. Mm-hmm. Did you know how you were going to meet your demise? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know you weren't going to die? What did kind Eric told you? Of, he had you asked. Me, he had asked me. Um, I think it was right after the second arc, or um, maybe a few days after that. It was in between the two. Um, he had asked me, you know, how do you want to go? Do you want to just, you know, be like you sacrifice yourself? Do you want to be killed? You know, like a martyr thing, or do you know what? What are you thinking? Um, and I said, I'd like to, you know, I, I threw a few things out there, but I think what we kind of agreed upon was maybe having that ambiguity to where you don't know, like it's very likely that he died, but there's a percent chance that he, chance that he didn't. Um, right. And And when you come back for Christmas, we can record a one shot where (laughs) probably not, probably not this year. We're we're slow going on uh, progress (laughs) with being able to get inside the hoop. Right. But, well, uh, insider secrets. Uh, I'll be back in like one year from this month. So, yeah, you uh, will. Can't wait. Yeah, doing a race with uh, Jeffrey. But, um, so if I, if I, you know, if Eric wanted to invite me back and do a, like a one shot thing, he could. If he wanted to be like, uh, he he died, <laughs> then, yeah. then that's all. Uh, you know, that's that's fine too. It's it's up to the story and where it goes from here because the story will be at a very different place than it is, in a year than it is right now. Um, but yeah, I just I, I and I, I me personally, I didn't want him to die. <laughs> I like him a lot. And well, sure. So, and you, know, it's funny how much that character grew on me. Uh, like. Not that I ever disliked Draconos, but at first it was like, okay, he's kind of this silly uh, guy that's also with us. But man, some of the just the little the little asides and stuff, and then also the fact that he was formidable in battle when he'd actually get a hit was nice too. Uh, no, we were not, and that's I kind of played that 
a little bit into uh, after you were gone to catch your flight to Vegas, Lyle said some very ni- or Dex said some very nice things about Draconos when you weren't here to hear <laughs> <Did> them. He? <laughs> you should probably I, listen to the freaking I, episodes. I did, the only ones I haven't listened to is this 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 arc. I did listen to. It was like, hey, uh, Trevor's off to Vegas, so don't think that he's just in the corner. Uh, we gave him like a juice box or something. <laughs> I don't recall. So it made, it made me giggle. Um, okay, I want to back way up then. Okay. Um, you designed this character. Yes. And we've mentioned now a couple of times on Eberron, uh, on this this podcast, I'm just going to stop saying Eberron reviewed, uh, on, on these episodes, um, that you, 20 minutes into the first date time we played, had to completely restructure what you were thinking about for your character. Yes. And we've talked about it, but tell, but your, give, give your words what happened, what your plan was, and why it had to change. Yes. Um, so that the whole, like, first episode was making it up on the fly, uh, how my character was going to be. So the way that I had kind of discussed with Eric, um, and the, the backstory was able to stay exactly the same, except for minor details, um, basically how he reacted to things. Um, but basically it was he, his parents were killed in front of him when he was a child. He was uh, homeless and a scrounger trying to just get food and or scavenger scrounger um, until he f- tries to, it, it's basically lay Miz without being lay Miz. He tries to take food from our paladin friend mm-hmm. and is caught, but says, you know, he takes pity on him and says, you can live here, but you have to train under me kind of a thing. Right. And so I wanted his whole gig to not necessarily be getting revenge on the people that killed his parents because that was so many years ago, but, and he didn't know who they were. Right. But trying to prevent things like that from happening. And he was going to, you know, he was a tiefling. He was, I'm, he was meant to be scary. Um, and I was going to portray him with this, not so deep that you can't understand him in a microphone, but a gruffer, a, uh, deeper than my normal speaking. Just give voice. us a taste. Give us a little taste. Gosh, I, I didn't even, um, cause uh, I don't even know if I could do it anymore because I just kind of. I don't think you can either. That's I don't what think I really want you to try. Yeah, you can do it. I um, believe you. It's kind of. I mean, it ended up being like most of Eric's characters, but <laughs> everything was kind of right here, and he was just going to be more quiet. He wasn't going to talk for it. He was going to be the. He was going to be the loner um, sure. that just was mad at the world. The loner of the group. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> all of us. Um, he was just going to not. He's not being used to having friends and right. Sure. Just Thinking everything um, through a cynical. Are you making fun of me? <laughs> yeah, that, that guy. No, we all went to high school with that guy. Yeah, so it was going to be based off of that. And then uh, into the first episode, hadn't spoken yet. Uh, you know, didn't feel like he needed to talk yet. And then when we got to the bar, there was the everything went down, and then the banshee scream, and then craziness. And I was like, I, I just pictured. Because I everything was going down, and I had just my character had opened the door, walked in, and just stood there and watched this chaos happen. And I was like, "We're at a bar. He would probably ask for a beer." So what comes out is my high pitched voice of "Beer, please." And from there, I was I ha- I realized I couldn't in any way, shape, or form go back to that rough character, and so. 
the rest of that first episode, I think I was just kind of making things up because I was like, okay, what goes with this voice mm-hmm. and playing that character? And then we started the second episode and, and from there, um, thinking about the backstory that I had. No, second episode or second session that we played? Episode. Okay. Because um, we kind of took a small break where I didn't have to like try to think on the fly. Um, and just so changing it from like he witnessed his parents' death and therefore he wants vengeance and wants to rid the world of, you know, murderers and, and, and people of that nature and being hardened. He witnessed it, but he took more of the emotional side of it. And in the face of tragedy became, I don't want to say became happy, but he, he took the, the approach of there are tragic things that happen in this world there needs to be some light as well. And so trying to be that light and trying to, if someone's going to make you frown, I can try to make you smile. Uh, So that was the approach that I try to take from then on uh, with my character. Very cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, And I I mean, obviously you built it really well throughout the time. I remember one of the other times that, and it it actually wasn't while it was happening, it was listening back. When you go by yourself, into the crypt where the hobgoblin and the goblins are. <laughs> and you're like, there's some stuff in here. Uh, there's a guy. He's dead. It's cool. Uh, like, I was just, I was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know laughing. what, because I realized, because someone else, uh, one of my friends had asked me, like, well, how do you how do you talk as the character? And I was like, oh, a little bit higher. And they were like, like, just higher pitch. And I was like, well, I kind of, and then I just went into, like, his vocal pattern. I didn't realize that I was doing, his, like, thing. his cadence. Yeah, his cadence. He's got, he had very like, much had a cadence. Like, well, and. Thinking back on it, I I did it subconsciously on purpose, but it was because he is, he doesn't plan any of his sentences out. And so every, like, so I wouldn't plan anything that I was going to say, which is why when we talk to the children, it's bad news. Because <laughs> <But, laughs> it's just like, like, okay, what's the goal of this? Okay, so we're here and uh, what we need, it's like when I try to improv in an yeah. improv group, it's <laughs> just bad things happen. And so, but yeah, because I was like, uh. Hey, so I know that you need to get this thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's how he talks." I forgot, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, you created a great character. There was a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, and this is where, if there was a, if there was a physical manifestation of the things that we have described happening in this podcast, there would be the montage of, of you asking for a beer, and then Draconos in the face of these two kids. And then <laughs> sitting outside the bar playing with his pet mouse that he inexplicably had all of a sudden. I forgot that I didn't bring it up until like... And then like vomiting the in a carriage and I don't know... Being a scary demon boy. Stealing stealing armor from a dead guy. <laughs> you know, the things, the things, the things that Tricotos did. Very special way. Um, well, Trevor, I'm really glad that I got to play multiple hours of Dungeons & Dragons with you. I know I will say um, that... Among the people that I've gotten to know on social media uh, and that also listen to this podcast, uh, at one point, somebody, I think I may have posted something about the podcast and somebody replied, uh, I love that sweet demon boy. And uh, makes my heart happy. Yeah, no, that you were a fan favorite character for sure. Uh, insofar as we have fans. Yeah. You were a listener favorite. <laughs> fan favorite rolls off the tongue better. You were a listener favorite. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was like it was like a sweet demon boy, and then somebody put no spoilers, and then he put uh, that demon's always sweet, <laughs> which is pretty great, pretty great uh, uh, summation of the character. Um, thanks for doing the show with us. We're gonna miss you a lot. 
Well, yeah. thanks, so, you guys. Thanks for letting me be on here. Absolutely. That's fun. All right. Well, uh, after all of that, uh, get some business out of the way. This has been an episode of Eberron Renewed. Uh, we are a D&D 5th edition podcast. Uh, we release an episode every Friday. Uh, we did miss a week. Sorry, we're going to get back on it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we missed a week, but you know things happen. And and uh, uh, anyway, a bug bit me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> tick, people get very very sick. Tick, tick, tick fever apparently is no joke. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, this is Everon Renewed. We would love to hear from you guys on social media. You can find us at uh, facebook.com slash the Geek Pantheon. It's uh, our uh, another podcast in our network. Uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram at the Geek Pantheon. Twitter at the Geek Pantheon, thegeekpantheon.com. Uh, that is the brand that we are under. It's where we do everything. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep talking about us, please. Share us with your friends. We don't advertise, uh, and we've run out of people in our personal lives to tell. So, And we have a couple hundred listeners now, and I don't have a couple hundred friends. So I'm pretty sure that there are people <laughs> out there that know people that I don't. They, they can tell about this podcast that... Unless you're embarrassed about it, I kind of get it. It's a D&D podcast. <laughs> but do it anyway uh, for your boy. Uh, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.